Let's do it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the RIP 28 Podcast. This is the RIP 28 Podcast. This is a podcast where a few friends get together and we talk about a few things. Now, some of those things you might like, some of those things you might not like, but we keep on talking about them on the RIP 28 Podcast. I am the world's coolest, sexiest, smartest, strongest, best smelling, best looking host ever. Slide of Sports got joined by a few of my good friends. As always, we start off with the president. What's going on, El Presidente? Hey, you said that got to the point. We don't even say nothing back no more, LB. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't no need, man. We gonna let yeah. him think what he thinks, dog. Yeah, but uh, it is C-Man's in the building as always on this uh, Tuesday, man. You know, special edition. Special Go. edition. And we got your favorite coach's favorite coach. What's going on, LBZ? Man, ain't nothing, ain't nothing, ain't nothing. Glad to be back with the fellas and off that hot bus. I'm going to get sedated like S.commas, man. And I'm going to start riding the school bus with the kids, man. I'm going to go ahead and start flying to the games. But you oh, know, yeah. it's your favorite coach, favorite coach. Yeah. You know how S.commas do. She got plenty oh, yeah. of money, man. She be on that I'm private jet. Private yeah, I'm jet ask, to I'm, the games. I'm just going to ask her to get me to the, to the furthest game. I won't ask for every game away. You know, I, I won't get too uppity. I got you. I got this, you. This, this gets you close enough to parachute in. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Well, we got a special guest, man. A special guest. We got the one and only, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we ought to call him Iron Man. He is a Stark, so we ought to call him Iron Man, man. We got the one and only Stephen Starks on the show. Hey, before we get, I mean, before we jump into everything, man, we want to say, how are you doing, man? How are you doing? How are you feeling coming on the, the Rip 28 podcast? I feel great, man. I appreciate you asking about me, Slide, man. It's good to be with y'all. Uh, highly favored and blessed, man, and just uh, ready to get into some interesting topics with, you know, some interesting and well-spoken, educated, talented brothers, man. So I'm happy to be here, and I appreciate the invitation. He's a good man. He, he's a good man right there. Uh, hey, hey we, can't, we can't say nothing about his character. That's a smart man there right there. He deserves everything good coming to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, if he's in sales, boy, he'll be a top seller. <laughs> I'm, a, sell, I'm like a politician, though. <laughs> hey, you can, hey, you can sell water to a Stephen Curry. I meant Starks. <laughs> man, man, check this, man. You know uh, what we like to do, man. We're all athletes, man, on this show. We're all athletes on this show. Um, and, you know, all play ball in college. But sometimes I need somebody to match my athleticism, you know, somebody to match my greatest. So that's why we brought in Starks today. Oh, wow. You know, we brought Man, in. You could have brought my son on. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we... all my kids. <laughs> let me let me go get him. Hold on. <laughs> we we brought in a real athlete, man, and maybe maybe Starks can help us out on this one, man. Uh, Starks used to play ball at, at, at Drexel, thousand point score at Drexel. Did did big things. But most importantly, now he got somebody to carry along the, the, the Starks name, carry along the line. 
and, and may be the next great athlete, a great lawyer, doctor, whatever, you know, whatever the young man chooses to be. And so we needed a guy who was an athlete and a dad to help us out with this one. And, and this is the thing we have going on right now. We got a kid by the name of Gali Wadad Jr. Gali Wadad Jr. Maybe I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I'm probably am. Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably I probably butchered the young brother name. Yeah, we told you that, man. We told you to use the initials. G Dub. We're gonna yeah. call him G Dub Jr. But check this out, man. This brother, this young brother is nine years old, and he just signed a six-figure, six-figure nil deal a six-figure nil deal and for those you're not familiar with what an nil deal is the name image likeness it's the uh new thing that's allowing our uh, youngsters to profit off their name image and likeness and this guy is a six i mean he is a nine-year-old from california he was the snoop dog youth football league mvp and he's become the youngest player, the youngest youth league player to land such a deal. Now, here's the big question. Is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, we're going to let our guests go for it, man. Is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, um, I don't know the answer to that. I think what I would first say is congratulations to that young man um, and his family. Uh, that's a blessing. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that you have to pay attention to, especially because we know it, because we're dads, that when your children perform at a high level, no matter what stage of their you know athletic or educational careers they're in, it's usually um, in part attributable to the support system. And so, you know, any blessing like this or opportunity like this young man has received, you have to credit his support system, including, you know, any family members, parents, guardians, um, whatever the case may be. So congratulations to all of them for this significant accomplishment early. Um, and I also would say not that, you know, this is my show or anything like that, but anything that we say, you know, going forward, you know, negatively about this, at least for me, I just want to say it's not intended to be hate. Um, it's just to, to, to look at it and examine the situation from all sides. Um, now, to answer your question, I think it's a, a good thing um, in the sense that if you're going to make NIL available to young people, um, then they ought to try to max out and get the biggest possible deals they can as it relates to their name, image, and likeness. And it sounds like this young man and his team are on their way. And I bet you um, this isn't the last opportunity like that for them. Um, you know, to be such a young man and to have you know, all kinds of credentials, including being, you know, the youngest MVP of the Snoop Dogg League, says a lot about his talent. And I think the sky's the limit. Um, I would say that the NIL landscape, as I understand it, has increasingly become um, the Wild West. Mm -hmm. And I think this deal, um, not to place any unnecessary, unnecessary scrutiny on the, on the young man's deal and opportunity, but since we're talking about it, it raises a lot of questions. You know, I think it's true based on my understanding that as late as last year, at least, that there were really no prohibitions on professional teams, you know, advancing NIL deals to, to, to young players. Um, and so um, as you think about 
what kind of NIL opportunities are available, it, it, it strikes me that this is an agency that has extended this opportunity to this player. And I don't know what the deal entails. I haven't seen it. I don't know that anybody's seen it other than it being a, a six-figure deal. But I'm wondering if it's an inside track to some type of future representation of the young man. And, 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 and you wonder if that runs afoul or could run afoul of any of the, you know, rules that we know in terms of prohibition of having agents and management, you know, and still being el eligible. My guess is that it probably does not and that these traps have been run. Um, so I wonder about that. But outside of that, I think that the opportunity that was extended based on his talents um, and, 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 and the money um, is, is, is a great thing for him. And hopefully it opens the door for more young people, if it's within the permissible rules, um, to get similar opportunities. So that's kind of my high level on it. Yeah, I feel, I feel you on what you're saying. Let's check some of the comments right here. Uh, Michelle says, uh, history has shown too much success and too much success too early is not always a good thing. Now, that is, for me, it's kind of a two-edged sword, man, because if you're, if you're my kid, I want you to get what you're, what you're worth. If you earn it, if you're out there earning it and, and they're going to give it to you, let's go and get it. But the uh -huh. thing is, now you bring in too many things. At nine years old, who's accounting all this money? You know, the nine-year-old isn't in charge of the money. The mom and dad's in charge of the money. And, and you see it in, in when we say child actors. Child actors always have that problem when they're, you know, such a young age and their parents are their agents, their parents control the wallet. When they turn 21, they don't have any money left. So you got to wonder what type of, what type of uh, system he has around him to 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 keep his money straight and that's the first thing keeping the money straight the next thing is what's gonna how is that gonna check his talent on the field you know is he gonna is he gonna rest on those laurels at nine years old because we all know somebody at nine who was the best athlete at the park at nine and by the time he get to high school everybody grow up and catch up with him and you know he no longer the best athlete. So, you know, how you feel? Chance, your, your kid, y'all kid around that age. I mean, what, what y'all think? Yeah, I, I think it can be good. But will it be good is the question. Um, it can be good because, I mean, shoot, I don't know their financial situation now. But, I mean, they got a lot more money now than they had. So, I mean, that's a great thing. They can do some good things with it. But, 100K help out. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, you got some private people out there that's blow it, do it wrong, but, you know, just, just kind of like with the music business, huh? they still to this day take these bad contracts and then they go and buy cars and houses and all that stuff and don't know they got to pay that stuff back or pay taxes and all that stuff, so they got to have the right people around to make sure they're educated and do the right thing, you know, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's a sticky situation for somebody who ain't never had cheese, you know, you can see that NBA, NFL all the time, that you know, people get rich they gonna work as hard. Like maybe he, hopefully he still keep that drive to be the best that he can be. Cause you know you got all this cheese, you the only one on your team. Cause I'm sure nobody else. Like I say, he the he the person only, right? That yeah, age. At that so, age. So yeah. nobody on his team for sure got no nil. So they they might they they broke. They might be jealous of him now because he getting all this attention and all this money and stuff. He 
coming to the games, the Little League games in the limousine, and they <laughs> they're on the back of a pickup truck, you know. <laughs> but but you know what though, man, if if you think about it, man, you think about how much Little League sports have changed since we played Little League. You know, you know, stars, we all played at our St. Andrews Park. And now the thing about us at St. Andrews Park, we had four teams. When we played football, we played football, uh, we had four teams. And we just played each other. We just beat up on each other. And and that's what it was. But now, I was talking to LeBron and how LeBron talked, you know, his son on a travel team. They go all over and, and, and they run track meets all of What you say, they going out to Seattle? What's up next um, month? They got a chance, but we're going to go to Tampa, Florida. Yeah, Tampa, man, you know, we, we ain't leave the neighborhood when we play. <laughs> and, and they get to go to Florida, man. And, and Brian, man, how, that stuff costs money, ain't it? Don't, don't little league, them travel teams and stuff, that plenty, costs plenty of money. It's, it's definitely money, man. It's definitely money. Um, and it's a lot of time involved with it. But as far as the NIL deal, like you said, it could be a double-edged sword, man. Um, it's depending on how you manage it. Um, you have to manage not only the kid, but you have to manage people around him. Because like you said, $100,000 or more for a nine-year-old kid is a lot of money. And it also brings a lot of um, a lot of eyes. It brings a lot of attention to that kid. So you have to manage that kid and those things around him to make sure you're putting them in the best uh, possible situation. Hey, you I, don't know how, I, don't, I don't know how you do that because obviously I didn't have that opportunity to have that money and I don't know anybody that has, but managing the people around him, keeping positive things in his ear, not letting people tell him he's this, he's that, and trying to keep him as humble as possible so he can continue to expound upon those skills to make more money. You said, you said you said something there, you know, like kids that nine year olds don't know nothing. They they are afraid if they kick it or whatever. You gonna have it. They, some of these kids' parents like they'll be his best friend. You know, go hang around him that would normally have have done so. So you gotta watch out for my parents too. They trying to trying to get a little slice too. Shut up. I think I think both of y'all are right in the abstract, right? I think at a high level, you gotta worry about things like keeping the kid grounded and you know distractions and making sure that there's a commitment to improving the craft that you know got him to this point and making sure he continues on the right trajectory but i gotta tell you in this case um based on everything i've read about this particular situation i just don't share those concerns in this instance i mean from reading about you know his family and reading about how he got to this point reading about the support of snoop in the league reading about the agency that I understand extended the deal. I think he's got a pretty Teflon unit um, around him. And I think that they're already showing, you know, if exhibit A is the ability to secure this deal for a nine-year-old. In my mind, I just don't have those concerns at this stage, given the support system he seemingly has. Although I think you're right, generally about the idea. And then, Sly, you know, you said something about, you know, you're right. We all know the young person who jumped way ahead of everybody else in terms of talent and or physical development and got the high ranking and looked like they were going to be the future. And then everybody else caught them. We know those situations. Um, maybe that's the case here. Maybe it's not. But I got to tell you, in my mind, 
back to what I said earlier about this being, you know, one side of it being that this is, you know, good news or a good thing is that's exactly why you have to seize the moment, right? Yeah. Because you never know how it's going to end up. And so in my mind, the benefit and the positive aspect of this deal is the fact that all of them have a limited window anyway. And that's if you take it as far as you can possibly go in your respective sport, which in this case would be the NFL, right? The window is already limited, but a lot of kids won't make it even to college, let alone the NFL. So I think that that to me is one check on the box of the side of the paper that makes this a good thing is because if you do jump out early and you do have seemingly more talent than your peers, then you should be able and are able now, it looks like, to capitalize on those opportunities. And so he's already kind of secured a little bit of a safety net, dependent, independent of what, what happens for him going forward. So I actually like that and think that that is a reason that this is a good thing, if there if there are reasons. Check this out in the comments right now. We got uh, Rhonda. Rhonda. Rhonda just said, uh, hold on a second, it moved. Rhonda said, the money should go through probate like inherited money. This way, those controlling it must at least report on what they are spending it on. You know, I, li I like that idea going through a probate, going through, you know, a financial officer or the court, somebody to make sure the money isn't going too wild. Uh, you know, the parents parents hadn't gone too wild, but, you know, it's, it's no law that says that has to happen, so I doubt it will. Uh, Michelle says uh, this causes trauma for the nine-year-old. Let kids be kids. Yeah, and now Brian just asked a good question. Say, Michelle, so you wouldn't accept the money, <laughs> you know? Hey, and that's that's the that's the huge question is is whether or not you would accept the money, and a lot of that has to do with your financial situation. And like Stock says, man, you know, he might not he might not be nothing in middle school, but he has zero opportunity to make money. Then you just banking that this kid is gone continue to grow and do whatever but like you said there's plenty of people who was a man and you know literally by the time they got to high school they wouldn't know yeah the only thing about it is i say just having that money can open up other opportunities for that kid it's not just about the sport it mm. opens up other windows for the kid um i'm not saying it's right or wrong i mean i guess it would be up to that individual parent but I don't see any parent that I know, including Michelle Benny, that's going to turn that that's going to turn that money down. Brian, you, you spot on. I mean, I think that when you see these kind of numbers, you know, being handed out to to young people, I think that kind of the reflex response is to think about you know the tragic outcomes, right? But I, I'm just not in this case. And again, I've spent limited time on the subject, and don't, I don't know this kid or his family. From Adam, but I can tell you, there's just nothing I'm seeing that makes me believe he doesn't have the people around him to make sure that he avoids tragedy. I think that he looks like he's positioned to 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 capitalize on this in only positive ways. Again, a lot of it depends on him, right? But at nine years old, based on where we are today, I, it seems that the support system is there, and I'm optimistic um, about this. You know, there's for every. For every you know horror story we hear about a young actor taking it out of the sports context that kind of gets too much too soon, and 
you know, fizzles out or has some, you know, unsuccessful outcome or even a tragic ending, I think there's a couple that it went okay, right? Where they 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 were able to take those resources and 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 manage them and be successful. So yeah, we should watch it, but I'm just not approaching this like it's gonna be a, a terrible ending. I would also say to Brown's point about the outside of sport opportunities that this money can bring. I really think that that's 100% true. But before we get there, I like the machine this deal has created for this young man within sport, right? We all know that the days of rolling the balls out and the best players just make the team and get the best opportunities is a figment of our imagination, right? It's politics. And it seems like that for this young Black kid, there's opportunities that are being created and they're kind of creating momentum for him. And I like it a lot. I like to see that because it looks like he could be uplifted and have even more opportunities than his talent alone would permit him because of this attention and because of the management and the resources he has behind them. So I think it's generally um, another check in the box of the positive side because of this opportunity. So yes, Brown, outside of the sport, the money does it, but I also think that you have to work hard to create exposure for kids. And I think this is part of it. And I think it's going to work out. It looks like it already is. You know, I'll, say, I'll say this, um, excuse me, Sly. I'll say this. With him coming from the Snoop Dogg League, um, I hadn't done much research, but I did watch the documentary of some um, of his older players um, when he had De uh, DeAnthony Thomas and um, some of the other guys that have made it. Snoop stayed with them. So it wasn't just yeah. they got this exposure. Snoop kind of coached them on how to do things. Not saying that's the answer to it all, but yeah. like you said, there are things that they have around this kid, it seems, coming from the Snoop Dogg League with Snoop being in his corner, knowing about being a young star, knowing about hitting it big early, knowing about managing money and expectations and things like that. Uh, I agree with you, Starks, uh, that he is, seems to be that he's set up for success, not just a one-hit wonder. Right. Hey, my thing is, though, is it too much pressure on these kids nowadays, man? Um, you know, because you see a lot of kids now that they, they specialize in one sport, you know, they don't play multiple sports anymore. I don't know how it was. I don't know how it was for you, Starks, but we, but where we, where we from, you know, you, we did everything and your parents just, just for your parents to keep you out the house, basically. So you, so we wouldn't, you wouldn't be home aggravating them. But now you got kids who, who specialize in, I'm only going to play one sport. I'm only going to do this. But what I do notice about all the kids who play multiple sports, they usually go on to become better college athletes or even professionals at whatever field they take up. Because you got to look at like Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes was a a, a big-time baseball draft draft pick, you know, and not only big-time quarterback, he was a big-time draft pick. Um you know, even Russell when, Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson made it to the made made it to Major League Baseball, and you know, Kyle, he, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, another one out of Texas, man. You know, and, and I, I just think that with a lot of these kids, man, they kind of limit themselves when they play one sport. And a lot of times, you see stuff with basketball players. You can tell a basketball player who never played football before. You know, you you can tell it's a lot a lot of stuff, especially with kids now. They seem to be a lot softer, yeah. you know. They, they seem to be a lot softer. So, 
Uh, how y'all feel about this about this specialization well, of sports, man? Well, those names you said were like the elite of the league. Like most most people ain't gonna make it to the pros in football and well, baseball or be able to play basketball. You some and examples, man. Yeah, but I'm, he just, yeah, he well, just talking about being a dual athlete and yeah. how it helps. I get, it, I get it, but I'm saying like you know, some for some people they need to specialize in one sport. You ain't no good in football. You know, what I'm saying? but but, but it's, it's some it's some kids that can do both. Like you know, we like we all play multi sports, and we were good at. It. I think I was good at a lot of things, but I don't know if that made me great at anything because I was spread thin. We never practiced or anything, you know, all year round like these kids do now. So I mean, there's some kids that you can say, all right, you need to specialize in this sport, and some kids can do it all, and you know, still make it to college and do all that. Shout out, shout out to who out there in the comments. Shannon out there. We see Al Janar. Congratulations, Al, on your uh, engagement. Young brother just got engaged. Uh, Who that big Al hitting out there? Big Al. Roger, Roger out there. We see you out there, Roger. Blue. Shout out to all the folk out there uh, checking in, man. Uh Uh-oh, Mr. Ashwood out there. Not not little Ashwood, the real James. James out there. Big, big James. Big James. Big man out there. We appreciate you checking in, man. Hey, um, go ahead, check bro. Check this out. I, 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 I don't agree with that. that. That specializing, man, I think they're doing it too early, man. Like, you let the kid no, develop. No, I see allow that. The, allow the kid to develop and see what they, you know, what they grow into. Because like we were saying earlier, that kid that's the smallest kid on the team, at nine years old, when he get to middle school, who knows what his growth spurt is going to be. Remember, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis was a sick three-point guard going into, what, his senior year? Yeah. Or whatever yeah. it was. And now he's – you just don't know. So I don't agree with the specializing. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't let my kids do it. But, you know, that's my kids. I, that's the way I choose. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think you – even if you're not competing in that sport, being around it, you learn a lot, and 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 you learn things that helps you from one sport to another, man. That's how I feel because everything is 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 footwork and things like that, and from soccer to baseball to basketball to football, it all kind of works together, and 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 you, you can learn a lot from that soccer coach about pivoting around basketball. You pivot baseball. I pivot to throw from shortstop to set. So it all works together. So all that specializing. I don't agree with, but mm-hmm. I do agree with every kid taking track and learning how to run, whether you compete in a track meet or not. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that. And, and that's the thing. I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think it's the specializing at an early age I got a problem with. Yeah. You know, yeah. once you get, you know, once you get to about the 10th grade, you're going to realize, hey, man, this, this football ain't for me. <laughs> you know, you're going to realize I, I can't hit that curveball. Ain't no need me being out here playing baseball. That curve coming, to, that curve just as fast as the fastball. Hey, ain't no need for me to be out here. You know what I'm saying? So you they, jumping, they you jumping out the batter's box and it's yes, a <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, so I, I understand specializing, you know, the later years of high school. I get that. But I think as a kid, if you just saying, Hey, I'm only gonna play baseball, I'm only gonna play basketball, um, you know, that I, I think that's the wrong thing. Yeah, of um, course you, you gotta find out what they're good at first. Yeah, yeah. 
I just had, I just had somebody hit me up. Oh man, I don't know why y'all hit me on text instead of hitting me in the live chat or whatever, man. But he just said, uh, 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 uh said just said that basketball is slowly becoming a specialized sport and it will go the way of soccer by it being a rich sport. Inner city schools are losing their players to suburb and private schools and individual trainers teaching the players are making basketball not an affordable sport anymore. Now that's interesting. Now, I, I I never thought about that, but he's bringing a different viewpoint in, and I kind of see where he's going with that. A I lot get, of truth to it. A lot of truth. It's a lot of there's a lot of truth to it, and it's becoming expensive, and you have to work to secure your child's exposure, which is why I like again to bring it back to kind of the core subject it's what i like about this nil opportunity there's the days of just you being great and they come and find you are behind us mm. that, that doesn't happen anymore it's too competitive there's too much talent you know spread out geographically all over the world and sure. you know there's there's schools there's prep schools there's public there's private it just it, it can't work it, it, it it's just not it's not a reality and so you have to do things like think about what tournaments your kids are going to play in, which team they're going to play in, even if it's not the local one or the best one, if that's the team that seems to get into the best tournaments, if the coach has the best connections. We, it's like anything else, right? It's not just merit-based. And because of that, um, that commenter is, 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 is on point. I think that you have to do things to make sure that your kids – receiving the proper exposure if that's the goal if that's the goal otherwise they'll get passed by by someone that's significantly less talented and so that's just the nature of where we are today it's a function of resources it's a function of social media um you know it's a, it just depends on how you want to go about it hey you got a really good point there you know if you, if you think of it like this you know before cell phones and when everybody used to use newspapers and stuff it was a lot of talented people that yeah. got overlooked yeah. And then and then there was a, a transition period where it was like, man, if you play, they're gonna find you. But now it's like who got the most Instagram views? They they the number one player in the nation now. You know, it's like so you had you had a small window where it was, hey, if you can ball, you're good. But yeah, it ain't, it ain't like that no more. And and, and and it's market based, right? I'll give you an example. And again, this is my career is over, my basketball playing days are done. And I'm happy with what the game gave me and all the things that I was able to accomplish. So this isn't like, I'm not bitter, but let me say this. Like if you take my high school numbers, I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Right. And I played AAU nationally had success every time we played top teams. But if you take my high school numbers and remove me from Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I grew up and put me in the market I live in today, Dallas, Fort Worth, I probably play at Duke, not directly. <laughs> Right. Because exposure is different. You, you see what I mean? And so yeah. that's just an example using me. I hope I, I definitely don't mean this to be about my plan days. The point is things like market and, and, and exposure and opportunities where coaches can fly into easily. You can come to DFW from anywhere, you know, yeah. and, and, and you don't you have to work to get to Fort Wayne. And if I'm not in those tournaments and if I'm not there on the right day, things are different. And now it's just even you know, exponentially 
a bigger factor than it was when we played. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so you can believe that an NIL deal or anything else in terms of a machine that's behind you is definitely going to influence your opportunity to play at a higher level. What'd you hey, say, Slam, bro? Let me, let me respond to a part of um, the text message. They saying it's, un- it's not affordable for the trainers and all that. To a certain degree, I agree, but this is why I disagree. A lot of people are paying for a name of a trainer mm. because I've trained X, Y, and Z and they made it. Now my price goes up. You see what I'm saying? I'm yeah. giving you the same stuff, but because Slide Chance and Starks went to Duke, Drexel, and Memphis, yeah. my price goes up. But you also have people that are doing it that can give you the same things that is doing it from the heart that just want to help you, but you don't want that guy because he hadn't trained Sly, Chance, yeah. or or uh, Starks, and he doesn't have that that name behind it. So we have to stop looking at because he trained this person or he's endorsed by this person and do what's best for that child. He may your child may go and get more from this NBA elite type trainer, but you all your kid may also get uh, more than he or she needs or, or or more out of it from this local guy that's just doing it from the heart. So you have to kind of look at it. And judge it by by that also. And, don't and pay it. for a name. Yeah. Don't pay for a name. You want results, not the name. Right. You, you, you preach it and you speak it the truth, man. You, you everything you're saying is accurate as can possibly be, except for the fact that it's just not a meritocracy anymore. And so I hear you, I hear what you're saying, but there's the balance, right? Like you're 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 you you're have basically. to have a balance. There's definitely a balance, and I think we're on the same page in that, but man, I got to tell you, you know, there's a part of me that wants to encourage all kids, for example, if they have talent. I'd love to see a group of, you know, five supremely talented Black basketball players, for example, all choose to come out of high school and go to an HBCU, Mm -hmm. and the logic would be, if they did that, let's see the run they can make. However, if one of those kids is approached by Kentucky, and all the games are going to be on TV, and the ticket to the league is just the path of least resistance. It's hard for me in good conscience to say you should do what I'm proposing. So that's the analogy to what you're saying. I feel you, man, and I think you're right on paper. But in practice, I believe you got to think about what's the easiest route. And I think it's, sometimes it's political. Hey, check this, check now, this out. You, it is. Go ahead, Slot. Let ahead, me jump, jump with, with what you just said about that HBCU route. And uh, you know, I'm wearing my Allen University shirt. Okay. Uh, but but if you go back, if you look at that Duke team, you remember when they had Zion, R.J. Barrett, right. and uh, the other guy uh, who went to Atlanta. But imagine, and, and basketball is is is, is such a small uh, it's a smaller sport rather than football. Cam Reddish, Cam, Cam Reddish. Reddish, there you go, Cam yeah. Reddish. Yeah. You know, with basketball, if you had those three, you can change the whole program. But football, what Dion's doing. You know, you need a whole bunch of players to, to make a change in football. But in basketball, imagine if all three of those would have went to South Carolina State. What I thought the NIL deal would do, I was hoping it would somewhat level the playing field. But what we're finding out with the NIL deals is just making the rich get richer. You know, Texas, eat. Yeah, Texas they, eat. They, go, they can spend more money than Louisville, you know, uh, and you know Alabama gonna spend the money. No, they they gonna spend the money. 
But what I was hoping the NIL would do is maybe just that rare. And this is this is the optimist in me. This is the dreamer in me speaking that maybe you can get those top three recruits and they just say, okay, we gonna play ball at South Carolina State. And now what you have streaming, every game is always televised. Maybe not on ESPN, but every game can be on ESPNU. It can be on a streaming site. It can Plus. be on, huh? ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus, whatever. And the thing is, now, if you got, and this is the pipe dream now, this is me dreaming now, this is me dreaming, but if you got all those three top recruits to go to a, a South Carolina State, I can guarantee you every South Carolina State game would be on one of those ESPN channels. I, I can guarantee you, if you had those top three, I don't because, know about that. And this is what, this uh, that's is, the problem. You, 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 you keep somehow we acknowledge that the world ain't fair. Yeah. And in our yeah. hypotheticals, we pretend yeah. like it is. Oh. And so, and so now you're saying, well, yeah, if we build it, they'll come. But you're asking my son to take that risk. Yeah. And I'm telling you that you're asking my child to decide between playing in South Carolina State and Kentucky. And that's very difficult off the strength of I believe we're gonna get televised games. Well, <laughs> and see, but this is but this is but this is my thing. The way these contracts are, are set up and the way they work, uh, ESPN has the first the first right of refusal for most of these games. Well, mo- most most games, ESPN will say, "Hey, I, I'm going to put your game on." If they say no, then you know it's whoever else is next in line. Now. And I'm using I'm just using South Carolina State because we're from South Carolina. Right. We're from South Carolina. But you. South Carolina State and what most HBCU uh, basketball teams do in the uh, early season before conference play starts, they always play some killer schedule where they play a, a University of South Carolina, they play a Kentucky, you know, they play teams, those money games, and they're gonna get yeah, they're gonna get beat by twenty-five, but they're gonna bring home a fifty thousand dollar check for the school. So you can, and this is once again, this is dream work. If I got these top three recruits coming in, and they're playing the University of Kentucky, What's that game, head? that game gonna be televised. You know what I'm saying? There ain't no use if that those first couple of games out of the year, they will be televised because this is, and, and not only will those games be televised, now you have your other money-making ventures that's going to come in that helps with your NIL deals. Like, if you manage, Dion got a got a, uh, a show on Amazon Prime by him, you know, Coach Prime or whatever, they'll follow him around. You can't tell me if you bring in those three top players that you're not going to get somebody to come in and film a reality show on those three top players and, and what they're doing in their journey that one year journey because they're because in, in college basketball you're only going to be there for a year if you're any good you're only going to be there for a year. hell if you're not if you're not that good you're still only going to be there for a year so but i say that I, I say that because it's not I, I, my kid like you always say that's the point that's the exact point you're talking about a situation where we see every year the folks that we think are going to be one and done and are going to perform at a high level. Use basketball for an example, and they don't. And, and so now you're telling me that because that's a possibility and we see that every season, 
you want me to be at the school where all my games aren't going to be seen potentially. Maybe they will be, maybe they won't. That that's the exact reason why it's difficult to make that choice. It's, it's because is, that's and, and you, you're not you're not gonna get that NIL until you do something. <laughs> right. when, when, when you when you go to one of them schools. Right. You're not gonna you're not getting that NIL to go to South Carolina State, the same NIL that you're gonna get at Kentucky. Just yeah. they get some no. much more money, man. Let's say what it is. You need the I perfect storm. They yes. don't they don't want to ride no dang on bus. They want to fly and get chartered and eat the best food. It's hard to turn that down. I, I love HBCUs. I love my black folk. Yeah. But if you telling me you got North Carolina Central and you got the North Carolina Tar Heels and they come in and sit down in your living room and they telling you right now what they're going to be able to do for little chance for Cam and for Lil Starks and for Messiah and uh, yeah, and you gonna tell me I'm gonna look my son in the face and say, "Son, we gonna go to North Carolina Central and we gonna make the best out of it. We just gonna hope. But we gonna live on that hope. But you need the. It, it has to be the perfect storm. Yes, it, well, it we, has the to... perfect storm can't start with mine. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, bro. We. And listen, and I'm not, and I'm not, I like to believe I've got the fortitude to do it. I, I, I really want to believe it because I, because I want what, that's why I brought up the HBCUs because I want to see this happen. But I think we all do. We want to see this happen. It, it, I'm just explaining why I understand when it, when it, when it does it and the reasons behind it. I mean, this, it's, you know, in my profession, I'm an attorney, right? And, and so people come and ask all the time, so, hey, you know, any advice? And I say, based on life lessons, go to the top law school you can get yourself into. The very top one. Because I did it the hard way and didn't do that. And yes, I've had success, but I had to, it's a hustle. Whereas I see my contemporaries who went to better law school is the gift that keeps on giving, right? Mm -hmm. For the rest of their career, the path is just a little bit easier. So this isn't limited to sport. This is this is you know a fight of you know accreditation and accolades and credentials that follow you for the rest of the time. Let's just say okay, so now you've gone to you know whatever HBCU and you've gone to or or you've gone to Duke and you play basketball. So now your basketball playing days are done, right? It's just that much harder. You're you're right. Someone needs to do this. I want this to be done. I want to see this super team. I'm just explaining why it's hard to get mad when they don't. I mean, we talk about the Dion situation, but look how that ended. He didn't stay. And I'm not mad at him for that. I don't want to get into that. I'm, not, I'm just saying that's a good a good exhibit, you know, of or, or evidence of, 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 of he tried it, he did it, but even he succumbed to bigger, better, more resources, bigger opportunities. Yeah, read. Yeah, read. Hey, hey, just, just, just think about your 18-year-old self, you know. Coach pulling up in a Toyota Corolla for NC Central, and other coach uh, rolling up in a BMW or Benz or something like that. He like, hey man, you want to come sit? Come sit in this seat, man. You feel that massage chair? <laughs> you like, hey, nah, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take that Corolla. <laughs> hey Chad, and then he walk in with that big national championship yeah. ring that sit between three fingers, and you like. I, I, I want one of them. Hey, you, I want you be, to get my like, hands on one you, of them. You be like, Coach, lay your hand down, man. They range too heavy. 
it's 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 just hard, man. It's it's just hard to tell an eighteen year old kid not to go for what's best. It's 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 hard, man. It's hard, and they're not gonna understand it, and they're gonna wanna, like you said, we're not up here saying that you can't go to an HBCU. That's 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 not that out. We're not saying that. We're we're only saying the opportunities are different, and 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 even like you said, you go to Duke. And uh, and I know Jay Billis is a great guy. He's very smart. He's I think he didn't he, he's in law too, right? Jay Billis. So he went to and he's gonna have more opportunity because he went to Duke because he rubbed elbows with such and such that was yeah. his dad owned an oil field or such and such that owns this or that's the CEO of this company. You're rubbing elbows with different people. So if my career doesn't work out, I have still have a light after sport and i think that's what we're saying to a certain degree yeah it, it, but it, this whole the whole hbc and i guess we might be the wrong guys to talk because ain't none of us went to hbc so right, right. we we might be the wrong guys to talk but i think later on in life i think that's one that's one of my you know maybe semi regrets because because uh, you know, I, I didn't go pro and playing football, so me going to this PWI didn't help didn't help out that high school dream of mine. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, <laughs> so right. you know, so maybe if I would have went to HBCU, uh, I, you know, I think I would have got the experience. You know, some of the things that I could only experience when I went to visit. You right. know, when when I would go to a Kentucky State on the weekend and, right. and, and, and kick it with them over there. You know, I, I enjoyed Eastern Kentucky University, but it was, uh, it was different. What's up? Check this out. In time, uh, one of our, our cast members had a good point. He said, if we got to pay for college, my money going to HBCU. But if we get a scholarship to a PWI, that's where he going. <laughs> follow follow the money. I don't think it's, I don't think it's that straightforward because I think, Sly, you hit on a good point, right? Experience and and you know, environment are definitely you know important factors. But I, I understand the high level point that that comment is making. But I also think um, there's there's some significant advantages. There are stats all over that talk about um, the success rate of Black professionals, and a lot of them being tied to them having spent undergrad time at, at HBCUs. It's a high clip. It's a high clip. You know, one of the things I, one of the things I always wonder is where they go to professional school. And, and, and so that's a that's a it kind of puts a wrinkle into it. But 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 there's no doubt about the value of the environment. <laughs> yeah. That's, and, that's, that's and, they, and they didn't have the amenities and yeah. still and still to make it and be as good as they are. You know, so that shows like you said, that shows fortitude. Yeah. Yeah. And the schools and the schools provide, you know, high quality education. This isn't this isn't a, a, a condemnation of that. It's just. Yeah. We're just talking about the sports context, like how do you how do you address that? Situation? Yeah, my daughter, my daughter goes to HBCU now. And, right on. You know, hearing all her stories and things that's going on, there there are major differences, things that can be improved, but it is a great experience as well. But you got to be able to navigate through that because, um, I mean, I guess within the school, there's a lot of partying, a lot of partying, a lot of a lot of distractions, a lot of things to get into, but. Um, I, I'm guessing at a at a HBCU or just being black in general, you know, you got to be a little more careful than everybody else because you go out and get in trouble out here, you know, just being black. And you know, at a 
historically white college or whatever, you know, those other turns get away with a lot of things. But I seen when I was in college anyway that you know, we would probably went to jail for. Yeah, I, I did. I did some of my best partying up at Clips of Boy PJ. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so it, it, it's a lot of distraction. A lot of distractions in everything that you do. Like you said, you got to have that mental fortitude and that discipline to say, "I got to rise above it." Yeah, I'm gonna have my fun now. Don't 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 get it twisted. I'm gonna have my fun, but I also gotta prioritize and know what's what the main goal is. I got to keep the main thing the main thing. So I, I just gotta like we've been saying all on show, we gotta strike that balance. It gotta it's gotta be a happy medium, but you know, between the both of it. And it all kind of ties together to make you who you are, whether you're at a PWI, HBCU, you know, a, a, a professional college, professional school, whatever it is, you just, you know, you just gotta have that mental fortitude. Rhonda, Rhonda just said, I went to a PWI, I went to well, she put from, but I guess I went she from. I went from a PWI to an HBCU. Definitely saw the difference. Yeah, she went to what, Georgia State and Savannah State. It, yeah, it's a big difference between Georgia State and Savannah State. <laughs> big old difference. But but yeah, man. You know, um, damn. I don't know. We we got off on on the HBCU discussion. Man. We, was all, we went from youth all the way up to college, man. We keep moving, boy. We moving on this show. But it, it's it, all good. It, it it is interesting, man. The choices you make and and I just think what I kind of wrap up, I guess, everything with the HB, HBCU side is I um I think I think a lot of people will look a lot of people went to PWIs. Once you get to your 40s, uh, you know, your late 30s or your 30s, you say, well, I wonder what it would have been like if I would have went to this uh, HBCU. I wonder what my life experience would have would have been like. You know, especially especially if you you know I'm not you know if you're a, a, a history major and, and you and you're teaching history, you know a degree from Duke doesn't mean that much if if you're teaching compared to a degree from South Carolina State. I, I mean I wouldn't know because I you know I, I I'm <laughs> I don't teach, but but I guess a lot of people it's the experience and and a lot of people always talk about college whether or not. You should go to college or you shouldn't go to college. I tell people all the time, man, it's about the experience for me. Unless you're trying to be a, you know, unless you're trying to be a doctor or a lawyer or some type of engineer where you need a specific, a specific degree or something, you know, and you need to go to college for that particular degree. Uh, yeah, I get it. But, you know, I'm a history major and you know, I'm a supervisor at AT&T, you know, um, I have nothing, you know, not, nothing to do with history, nothing to do with history. So, you, you know, know, where the first uh, telephone pole is, uh, hey. Yeah, I know where they're at. I've I, I seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I, I, I do, I encourage people to go to college, man, so you can get that experience. And because basically, you know, when I hire people, you know, a college degree, what that says to me, that just says that you can complete a task. You know, you, you can set your mind to four years, five years, whatever, but you can complete it. So, you know, whether or not it's from HBCU, I, I don't think that's made any difference in, in my hiring when I when I hire people. But, you know, who, who knows? So, so, you, so you hire college graduates? No, no, not me. <laughs> not me. I do wonder. 
Not many. I mean, what well, see see the guy the guys I work the people who work for me, everybody who works for me makes you know, it, it, anybody who works as an OPT, you know, you make eighty thousand a year. You know, you make more than most college graduates. Wow. You know, to to get that position. To get yeah. to get that position. These guys are all making eighty thousand a year. You know, um, you know, funny story, when I first got got, got in, into my position or whatever, I you know, I had my little office, you know, back in there, I had a little office and I went and set all my certificates, degrees, diplomas, everything on the wall. And then I had a bunch of guys walk in the office and they were like, Oh wow, wow, you went here, you went there, you did that. One guy said, Yeah, I barely got my GED. Uh, yeah, I didn't get it. You know, it took me a while to get a GED. It took me a while to get my high school diploma. And then the very next day I show up to work and they got all their paychecks on the wall besides my, you know, besides my degree. So they, they sitting up there saying, Hey, you got all this fancy paperwork, but look how much money we make it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. So, you know, but but I do saying all that, I still encourage you to, to go to college to get to get that experience. To get that experience. It's definitely an experience. I can tell you that, bro. Good, uh, bad, and a uh, good, bad, and ugly, but, but it's definitely an experience. But say I can encourage everybody. You know, some people we need we need some plumbers and electricians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Go, to that go to that trade school. That I think that uh, that's professional. Those professions are running thin. Like not a lot of those people that specialize in stuff like that anymore. And they can make a lot of money at an early age. You know? I tell you, my my air condition went out last year. My man wanted. $160 for him to show up. <laughs> just, to show, just to look at it. Just to look at it. Hey, ain't to do nothing. Are you you get I'm getting $160. Like, yeah, 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 it's broken. It's broken. <laughs> <laughs> just to show up. So. Hey, I ain't need yeah. you to show up to tell me it was broken. I, yeah. like, nah, nah, yeah. I agree with you, man. You got a problem here. You know? like, I, I'll be back Friday to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, still, you still swimming for three more days. <laughs> Hey, listen, to bring that thing back to balance, I really, and I've said this on this show before, we need to balance education and trade school. Oh, yeah. Education and trade school. We need to find a way to incorporate that because it, it, it teaches both sides of it. And it give, and to me, it gives you more options and it kind of makes you more well-rounded. Because mm-hmm. you look at, like, um, I had a teammate, Hernandez. He, he's from Miami. And he got his uh, barber degree, uh, barber certificate or whatever, while he was in high school. Some some program that they had allowed him to get his barber certificate. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a trade coming into college. So he he had more money in his pocket than everybody in the whole school. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> he they, knew how to they cut still, that. They still doing that in a lot of districts. They're calling it, the, uh, they call it, um, like we had Haywood Career Center. Remember yeah. we had that? Mm-hmm. And now a lot of, people are coming up with these, they call them the innovation center, where you're doing cosmetology, you're doing mechanic work. Yeah, even um, some is with the aerospace and like Coach Curlo with the robotics and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's becoming a little more popular. I think that, you know, it's just going to may take a little while because it's I guess out of the norm, kind of, you know, okay. to kind of hit popularity, but I think it's, it's, it's going to happen. Because they're putting more resources and money into it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, hey man, you gotta, you know, you gotta know your kid, man. Know your kid, talk to your kid, figure out what he's good at, what what he like or she likes to do or whatever, and hopefully, 
you know, as parents, we're supposed to guide them and put them in the right direction. You know, we can't make them do what we need them to do. And, you know, I need my son to be a rocket, a rocket scientist or something. I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. He got his mama genius. He's going to blame that on it. Blame <laughs> Ain't that too on late. Ain't too late, man. <laughs> nah, I seen his report card. It's, it's too late. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, just like we talked about a nine year old who, you know, <laughs> blossomed before everybody else. It's too late. <laughs> People catch up. People catch up. Uh, he might, he might catch up there. Yeah, he def, he gonna catch up. There you put, go. Put, put that to existence. He gonna catch up, man. <laughs> but but yeah, man. Check this, man. We getting close, man. We getting close to that time, man. About time to take that walk. You know what we like to do, man. We like to take that walk. That walk down the '90s block. Take the walk down the '90s block. And in honor of Drexel, in honor of a thousand point score from Drexel, we gonna go to Philadelphia. Philadelphia in the '90s. And since we're talking sports. We're going to figure out who was your favorite Philadelphia athlete in the 90s. We're going to start off with AI, Charles Barkley, or Randall Cunningham. Who we want to go? We're going to go with you first, Stark. You're the guest. Go first. Who was your favorite Philadelphia athlete? That's a pretty easy one for me, um, although I have high regard, you know, respect for everybody on that list. To me, you, you mentioned one name that, you know, just stands out, and that's Allen Iverson. I mean, you know, I, I, I regularly tell people that 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 is one name that I think is oftentimes overlooked when we talk about the greatest of all time. Um, and I, you know, I'm not suggesting he is, but he's definitely in the conversation based on the eye test. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that elusive um, NBA championship. Is, is definitely a black mark um, when you're considering that conversation, which I think is essential to being the great of all time because the greatest of all time, because it, we have to have something to kind of distinguish, you know, the one group from, from another. But, but based on raw talent, based on performance and big moments, um, based on the eye test, um, Allen Iverson is one of the best I've ever seen do it. They pound for pound, right? Yeah, man. I mean, he just is one of the best I've ever seen do it. And so I would have to put him um, kind of in a category by himself in that group. All right. What about you, C. Dez? Well, no, I was a high school quarterback at that time, so I got to go around Cunningham. He's a dude threat quarterback. He used to run that thing, which I can't throw as uh, good as some, so I was really good at running. So I take off running. You know, I tried to be like him, man. He, he did a lot of explosive things out there, you know. Taught me a lot of things, and you know, I looked up to him as you know, somebody to, to try to pattern my game, even though we ran the uh, Queen Peak. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, L Boogie? I'm gonna have to piggyback with Chance, man. I'm a big Randall Cunningham fan, dog. Randall Cunningham and Warren Moon are two of my favorites ever to do it, so that's an easy choice for me. Although I do have a Allen Iverson throwback and a Randall Cunningham, but Ronda Cunningham for me, dog. Just seeing him out there when it wasn't many black quarterbacks given that opportunity um, to see him out there doing what he did for Philly, man. With him and Mike Quick and all them, I, I got to go with my guy, Rondo Cunningham. Oh, man, I like that. I like that. Me, myself, man, you know, me being the greatest. Uh, Short and round. 
Five eleven, uh, power forward ever. You know, you, you know, uh, NBA had this pesky rule about allowing five eleven power forwards in the league. That's probably the only reason I didn't uh, you play. Grew, you, you grew two inches. <laughs> Shut up! I've always been five eleven. I've always been five eleven. So, uh, I met you, man. You were giving off five eleven vibes, man. When you were in my backyard, I had on flip flops. <laughs> 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 hey, but I gotta go with the round mound the rebound, man. Charles Bartley himself, man. I, I got to go with him, man, cause, cause, man, you know, you you talk about how explosive Zion Williamson is and stuff like that. How Zion got up, but man, you look at that early, early Charles, you know, young Charles Bartley was explosive, man, and what he did at six four, you know, going against guys six nine, six ten. You know what I'm saying? And just dominating the way he dominated, man. Charles Barkley has always been been my guy. And then plus the older he gets, the more he says says what he wants to say. Right. Charles Barkley <laughs> right now is probably the funniest man on television, man. So so it got to be the round mound. A rebound for yeah, me. So, you know, the the one thing about this whole conversation is all of them are great uh, in their own rights, man. Because uh that was a hard choice to make because I mean all of them was the mm-hmm. true. You're right. You know, you know consider, considerably, Barkley was uh, the next player to join, and at some point, in some point in time, mm-hmm. arguably. No, so I mean, it's, and, it's, and they, definitely, it's definitely a hard choice. I mean, the three of you definitely got it wrong, but but, but <laughs> it, was, it was a hard choice. And so I gotta tell you, man, you you at a minimum, you got a tall heart. Man, because when I met you, man, you know what I'm saying? You 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 got personality plus, man. But you ain't never been 5'11, not today, not yesterday. Where, where's where's the mute? Where's the mute button? Where's the mute button on this guy? We don't tolerate lies on the show. Uh, he made it, made it through the whole show and wait to the end to get muted. Come on. <laughs> I'm just being honest, man. The people the people want the truth, man. Credibility is everything, man. Hey, the people you know, that's looking, they know. The people that are looking, they know he ain't. That's what I'm saying. Man. Like, look at look at where our heads are on the screen, and look at his head. Come all the way out the screen. Hey, he, he's 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 sitting on a bean bag. No, uh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. See the hey, but yeah. hey, hey, but Sly, hold up for a second. We, we can't, we can, you know, we got one light skin, my boy Juwan on there. We can't let the light skin talk too much to us. I'm <laughs> telling you, man, that wasn't it, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey pretty rigger, pretty rigger. Nah, no, it's the lightning in my office, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm real dark, man. I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I'm gonna tell you who he, who he, who he looked like. The dude that uh played. Uh, Coach Carter, Coach Carter's son. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was hooping too. That's what we all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what we all. Who you look like? You know what I'm saying? Most, hey, most definitely. You know what? We about to kick your cousin. We about to kick. We about to kick your cousin Carmen out out the chat for forever. Carmen's in the. I know he had my back. He's sitting up here talking about slides five three two forty. He ain't never. Carmen, Carmen ain't never allowed on the show. We ain't never let Carmen. Nah, I, Carmen I, bring on him on. I disagree with that. You ain't too <laughs> <laughs> oh, Man. 
<laughs> man, check this out, man. Hey, man. I like Starks. <laughs> check this out, man. We got any parting shots, man. El Presidente, we start off with you, man. Anything you want to say before we get out? Any parting, any quick parting shots you want to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's uh, football season coming up. You know, I'm coaching my kids' team, man. Uh, we we running the old school uh, offense with that Rip 28 in there with the name of the show, you know. So, oh. uh, wish us wish us luck, and uh, you know we're gonna coach them up and try to try to have a good season. What about you, LBZ? Any quick parting shots you got for us? Man, I just want to tell everybody, man, just work hard. Uh, keep your head up, and just and your feet on the ground, and just keep working hard, man. Trust the process. Don't try to skip steps. Just just trust the process. And our special guest, Iron Man himself, Mr. Starks, man. You got anything to say before we get out of here? I don't, man. I'm just grateful, man. I appreciate y'all for having me on the show, man. I look forward to doing it again. If y'all have it one day soon. So appreciate you, man. Man, we definitely yes, gonna bring you back, man. This has been another great episode of the RIP 28 podcast. This is a podcast where a few friends get together and we talk about a few things. Now, some of those things you might like, some of those things you might not like, but we keep on talking about them on the RIP 28 podcast. Before we get out of here, man, it's summertime. I want you to always remember, big girls are just like mopeds. They're fun to ride, but you don't want nobody to see you riding them. We out. We'll see you next week on the RIP 28 podcast. Oh, man. Somebody had to say it. Nobody said about you.